episode five of Pin Noise versus the World. My name's Harald Hillseth. I'm Jess Wanich. And uh, this week, we're bringing you all uh, the first full episode in a while, Jess. This is like maybe four weeks after we released the full, the last full episode. We, we yeah. love our um, we love our tier list. So hopefully, uh, people people didn't take too much offense to the uh, to the food tier list we did previously. Shout out Ivers and, and Dicks. That's uh, <laughs> the roast, the, man. <laughs> the roast, the roast of Seattle iconic food spots. Um, all of though to Dicks and Ivers. <laughs> but um, this week we're actually happy to uh, bring you the listeners of the pod, kind of a spruced up, redone new version of the podcast. I, I, it feels weird even saying that. I feel like every single episode is kind of a guinea pig test subject as we um kind of like go along and find our sweet sweet spot Jess but um what we uh, talked about doing to lessen uh the nearly two hour runtime of our of our previous full episode yes. shout out Mark uh love shout that episode Mark. but you know there's some feedback there's some personal discussions we're uh probably slash we are scrapping and getting rid of the big picture story I, I don't really think we have the capacity in the writer's room, like all these late night shows do, where they can do like breakdowns and yeah, you know, Trevor Noah, John, John Stewart, John Oliver. We um, need the producers, man. That. We need the writers, the creative brains, <laughs> we need the, writers, the think bro. tank. Amazing. Yeah. And obviously we're just two dudes from Seattle. So what are you going to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> but those are, you know, getting those, uh, cutting those from the, from the regularly scheduled program will open up more opportunities uh, for a kind of fun other content that we can actually give our all to and and it'll also be hopefully beneficial to you the listener um, because we'll be literally probably having our episodes because even I couldn't sit through a two-hour episode unless you know you're like Joe Rogan but I don't want to be like Joe Rogan <laughs> I really don't <laughs> want to be like Joe Rogan so I think I speak for the same for Jess so a new uh, a newly scheduled and and premiered version of pin noise versus the world i'm happy to uh, announce our guest today will actually be joining us from the very beginning um donovan velez Foucault, hailing from pullman washington right now how you doing donnie welcome to uh to be the first guest of the pod from the very beginning this is gonna be fun yes thank you so much i cannot wait and i'm doing swell Let's say, yeah, no, we're all doing very swell because it's uh, sweltering heat across oh. Washington this week. We'll we'll get into that uh, soon here. But do you want to tell the people a little bit about you, Donnie, before we get into the interview later on? Yes, sir, of course. So I am, hello, everybody. My name is Donovan Velez Foucault, as Harald just mentioned. Um, I am a graduating senior from Washington State University, Pullman, uh, getting my degree in business management and sport management. And so we'll see what happens. Yes, sir. Now we're going to get right into all of Donovan's spectacular accomplishments in life and moving on beyond Pullman. Can I get a go Cougs? Yes, sir. Uh, go Cougs, <laughs> only two of us. Um, but yeah, really happy and excited to kind of bring you all a new uh, revised version of the pod. Hopefully this will work out and we'll move forward with it. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say that when this is coming out on Sunday, um, it's going to be in the mid 90s to low 100s from Seattle to Pullman. So Ooh. 
all of us got to be ready. All of us got to be ready in the chat um, for that heat. I, I know it, it was, it's really hot today. It's like, well, what, Jess? It's like 80, 83 right now. And yesterday yeah, it almost man. reached 90 already. And that was like, we always say, if you have, if you have air conditioning, you are a gentrifier. <laughs> Guess what? We do not have air conditioning. Probably still play a factor in that. But yeah, dagger to us. Um, I, I bet you uh, when it gets to 100 degrees for that one day, you'll be like, I'd love to be a gentrifier so I could get <laughs> my air conditioning. <laughs> I don't know. Those box fans are going to cut it right now. Global warming's heating up real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it over there in, uh, in Pullman, Donovan? Uh, heating up at the same rate that y'all are on the west side. It is going to reach 100 this weekend. So we're all oh, going to be needing a little bit more oh. than the Vox fan. Oh, well, you know, we're gonna, definitely going to need a little bit more than the Vox fan, especially in those old Pullman houses. But excited for us all to stay hydrated and enjoy the heat. I've been looking forward to uh, taking in that sun into my <laughs> to my skin so I can, like, <laughs> not be pale anymore i haven't been out the house in a year this is what the doctor ordered um but we're uh ready to move on to our uh next segment which jess will bring you right now all right and Keeping it up with that excessive heat watch, it isn't only for the weather, but also for Harald's upcoming EP. So uh, check that out if you have the chance. Whoa, yeah, check <laughs> it out, bro. Hey, I turned, look, birthday's coming up on Monday, Jess, I guess the day after this comes out. So I'll be uh, be I'll be past 23. Let's just say that. I'll no longer be 23. That is crazy. It's stuff, your Kobe year, stuff, man. Hopefully. Your Ken Griffey year. Kobe Griffey year. year. Yep. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie. The Jordan Jordan year didn't bring us very much joy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hoping your things. Ken Griffey year goes well. You know, local legend. And speaking of local legends, we're gonna jump right into Russell Wilson and Sierra opening their Why Not You Academy down south in the Des Moines area. This has been a goal that you know both of these superstars from the great state of Washington have announced, and just. Going off of the idea of making sure that kids can fulfill their dreams through higher education, making sure that they can have access to, you know, different resources that will allow them to create a pipeline into college and other uh, types of activities and things that kids do. And, you know, for both of them to understand that education is a great part of, you know, making sure that they nurture their community it's a great way to prepare kids for the real world. And that's something that Russell and Sierra have talked about in their Why Not You Academy mission and their goals. So shout out to them. Why not you? Why not us? No dream is ever too big to achieve. Shout out to these superstars for making sure that they achieve their goals and the goals of the community. Some great work out there. And jumping in. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, man, we got to talk about it for a second because that's yeah, yeah. that's like that's like our version of the I Promise School. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure they don't have the kind of money that LeBron has in, in Akron. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I wonder, do you know if it's going to be public school or if it's going to be charter, if it's going to be private? Yeah, I think it's going to be a charter school um, down there in Des Moines. But they're working down there with the local school district. So that'll be a great way to, you know, collaborate, you know, no, education totally. system. Hey, Donnie knows. <laughs> We got it. We get, it's the Seattle, local Seattle sports starters, right? Giving back. I swear we have a history of that in this city. Great history. Mm-hmm. Seeing it with beast mode, 
seeing it with Ken Griffey, the Jamie Moyer Foundation, you know, a lot of these stars just giving back to the community. That's something we love to see all day, every day. Amazing. Yeah. And speaking into amazing, we're going to be talking about this amazing weather. And for people out there traveling, yeah, oh. if you're out there traveling, Harold, <laughs> I know, trying to get some, you know, more vitamin D. <laughs> no, that it's wasn't true. a roast. That was a roast. No, I need it. I want it. <laughs> Yeah, but Talk to jumping, me, Talk to jumping me. right back in, we got we to gotta shout out our governor, Governor Jay Inslee, for getting us on this pathway to 70% fully vaxxed people in our state. Ooh, With yeah. that said, yes, we got to congratulate that effort. You know, Washington State has been leading the charge on that. Also making sure that, you know, everyone's fully vaxxed and safe so that we can congregate, that we can celebrate. And this is a great thing too for seattle and understanding that seattle has also been one of the largest cities in the u.s to approach that and hit that 70 percent vaccination goal and with that said you know that's also opened up a lot of opportunities for people to travel across the country again cdc guidelines still mandate that you still wear a mask on federal transportation whether that's bus trains planes wherever you're congregating in these federal transportation type establishments um, we just want to continue that, you know, you're safe and that you don't travel at least 14 days after receiving your second COVID-19 dose if you got the two shot vaccines. Um, but, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, y'all are still getting vaxxed, staying relaxed, being masked wherever you are. And then also just with the things opening up, hey, got to celebrate, celebrate with the fam. What, what are you guys doing for celebrating out there? You got to watch out for those variants, bro. Like, yeah, I have people be sleeping true. on the variants. But, you know, if you're vaccinated, you're chilling. But don't don't take those lightly, bro. So you see those different, uh, those articles every week. They're like, COVID-19 variant, like, is now a flesh-eating virus. And you're just like, oh, oh God. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, it keeps mutating. So keep wearing your mask if you're not vaxxed, especially. Even if you are. Yes, please. The people on the front lines, they're not off the front lines, you know, mm -hmm. and never mm -hmm. stopped for them. Yep. Shout out to my mom, frontline healthcare worker. Love you, mom, and Shout all out. the other frontline healthcare workers and other, you know, at risk people as well doing these things to keep us safe. Really highly appreciate that. And on other local, national, Maybe international news. We got Juneteenth finally recognized as a national holiday. President Biden signed a piece of legislation recognizing yes, Juneteenth as a national holiday, um, which was when back in the South around 1865, the last of the Union Army generals and soldiers marched into Galveston, Texas um, to inform enslaved peoples there of their freedom through the Emancipation Proclamation, which was signed two years earlier in 1863. And, you know, to have this as a federally recognized holiday, this is something that it's been a holiday that's been celebrated all across the country. But a lot of people have, you know, not known so much about the history and the momentum for it over the past five years to get it, you know, federally recognized is really important. You know, not only, you know, just as a holiday for people to take off, but also understanding, you know, the importance of the contributions of black Americans in this country and the continued sacrifices um, that their families have made 
throughout this country as well. So it's a moment of refuge. It's a moment of rest, but also a moment of celebration and triumph, um, understanding, you know, what it means to be free in this country and also to understand the privileges of, you know, celebrating with your family wherever they're at. And, you know, I really hope that people got to celebrate over this weekend. We also got to see Catfish Corner open up on Juneteenth here in Seattle. If y'all don't know, probably, you know, the Catfish Corner, the greatest, most unexpected comeback. It's 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 the comeback that people wanted. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. Jackson like we talked about last week, right? Or two yes, episodes indeed. ago, the mm-hmm. fact that, yep. you know, it's coming back and, and now you have both fats, chicken waffles and catfish corner now on the historic Jackson uh, street. You know, it's, it's the same stuff with, um, with Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday. There, there's steps towards, towards more community equity and such, but I'll let, let you tell all the people more about catfish. <laughs> it's coming back to the central district. Yeah, it's all good, man. But, you know, having it there on, you know, MLK and Sherry, you know, back in our days when you were at, you know, Washington, but also like going to Madrona. And then when I was up there at Madrona, mm-hmm. but also going to St. T's, you know, going along MLK, seeing the MLK mural at Catfish Corner. Now that's chicken and waffles. It's really great to see you know, Chef Chef Terrell Jackson, you know, taking up community space, right, in a community that has seen so much change over the past five years again due to gentrification due to displacement because the central district has been a predominantly black you know hub cradle of history in seattle's history and to be able to bring the community back to 23rd and jackson you know the mecca the center point of the central district you know it's such a great way to bring everyone back support local black owned businesses and again, reclaim that space, right? Because we see... I mean, we talked and, about it. Yeah, you know, man. Amazon Fresh yeah. taking up that space. <laughs> we literally talked about it for like 25 minutes a few, like a month ago. Uh, rest in peace, the uh, the um, the segments. <laughs> the segments, <laughs> the segments. But yeah, if you go back, you can you learn all about um, a little bit of research we're able to do on the history of the Central District and how just exceedingly you know, white it has become, not even just white, but just like non-black. It's just digressed yeah. because of that gentrification. Because I mean, even across the corner of the street, we talked about this, right? Like it's, you have on the corner of Jackson and 23rd now, probably one of the most iconic street corners, not only in the CD, it is the most iconic in the CD, but in Seattle as well. Um, Cause I mean, you've got that Starbucks across the street that denotes the history of all the jazz um, that was played on Jackson, going down to Washington Middle School, Garfield, Ezel's, um, all the housing in the area. But uh, additionally, across the corner now, you that's where um, we lost uh, uh, Red Apple uh, mm. and in a lot of ways gained nothing better when what filled the space was multi-unit housing and on the corner down there at Amazon Fresh. It's just such a like, mirror image in like the opposite direction it seems like but regardless of that happening the fact that you're able to get catfish corner back um and have that impact in the area is amazing i'm trying to get some hush yeah yeah yes dude the hush puppies the mac and cheese the cornbread oh my god i actually went today but (laughs) yeah i'll I'll leave i'll save that experience for you You man again bro uh, yeah yeah, i went again it was too good it was too good but yeah, yeah it was such a you come over from Pullman, yeah, come we'll through. make it, we'll make a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a great community celebration that they had um, last Saturday, you know, 
council member Germai Zahalai of our King County Council was there. Our council member, Harald, you know, we had uh, King County Executive Dow Constantine, you know, mixed reviews on Dow, Dow Constantinople, maybe. <laughs> Dow yeah, Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it was great, man. You had Martial Law Band there. Everyone just celebrating, you know, the rebirth, the reopening of such a Seattle cultural food staple. Um, so that was a great, great experience. Highly recommend to all the listeners out there in the Seattle area, 20 Sickness. Check out Catfish Corner <laughs> on the corner of 23rd and Jackson. Hit it up or you're missing out. Iconic. Iconic. Look, a lot of a lot of wonderful things that happened this weekend. You know, it, there's there's steps in the right direction. Definitely not the answer, <laughs> but steps in the right direction. Good things to spruce up your day. Can't wait to get um, that catfish corner with you. I mean, because they left when we were in what it was either freshman year of high school or was it end yeah. of high school? And then empty until yeah. fats filled it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I never really got to like enjoy the catfish because I was a 10 year old with like $15 in my pocket. So I, <laughs> I like cash, but no, I'm looking forward to getting that. Um, speaking of uh, happy moments, I've uh, got a lot to talk about in sports, which um, coming up right here, right now up next. And uh, now that we have Donovan here too, I'm and Jess obviously per usual every week excited to get talking about what an exciting couple of weeks it's been in the sports world, um, from the NBA uh, to the uh, recent Olympic qualifiers coming up. Um, but we're gonna get started talking about our NBA playoff predictions. Um, we are at a point now. I, I believe the Suns Clippers game two is happening, but. Um, in the Western Conference Finals, we have a very unexpected matchup between the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, and the Los Angeles Clippers, not the Lakers. Um, the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, um, arguably their star, and the Suns without Chris Paul, arguably the clue. But both having made it through all the way to the uh, Western Conference Finals, Um what I believe is the Clippers' first Western Conference Finals, I believe, either in decades or ever. I, I honestly can't even tell you what a interesting organization. That dude, Steve Ballmer, is going crazy every game. Um, <laughs> and in the Eastern Conference, we got um, rest in peace, the, uh, the, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, and whatever that was. Because if you don't have all three players on the court, you don't have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, a little guy named James Harden on the court at the same time, the OP factor of having all three on like a, like a 2k, my career, uh, just didn't click. James Harden was injured. KD was carrying the team, gave us one of the greatest playoff performances in history. Kyrie sadly out with an ankle injury, which led the way for Giannis Antetokounmpo to make it through with the Milwaukee Bucks to the Eastern Conference Championship against another unexpected fifth seed Atlanta Hawks led by the boy, the man. I shouldn't even say boy. He's a man now, even though he's younger than all of us. <laughs> Trey Young at point guard showing Ice us Trey. how cold you can be. Ice Trey. What a team that Atlanta Hawks is. You know, got to be remiss if we didn't shout out the, the Sixers as well. 
Ben Simmons, man. We'll get into it. There's a lot to talk about with the NBA that happened recently, but I want to I want to get talking with that Western Conference Finals matchup. Um, I'm personally a big Suns guy. I want to see who could become the greatest point guard of all time with the championship. One of the two. It's between him and Magic, but Chris Paul, one of the most slept-on players of our generation. Maybe not anymore with the Suns and the Clips don't have Kawhi. He might be coming back. Um, Chris Paul out because of COVID um, protocols, even though he's vaccinated, which is very unfortunate. But I want to hear what you boys have to say, start off with Donnie, about the Suns and Clippers matchup and who you got coming out of the West to the NBA Finals. Yes, of course. You know, high key. You know, that's why they call CP3 Mr. Point God himself. Mr. Um, as my God. friend, Yeah. As my friend likes to say, you know, Clip City, Chip City. So, you know, don't, don't <laughs> underestimate those you know but it is surprising that you know they got you know Kawhi's out but they're able to step right up they got that next man up mentality but mm-hmm. high key you know those sons man with Devin Booker wet like he's book um you know yes. CP3 the point got himself and then DeAndre Ayton and everybody else stepping up for the sons you know it's just um I know I saw that tweet the other day you know no matter what all four of those teams right western and eastern conference finals they're they're gonna be somebody that's never won a um the, an NBA finals ring and in the Western, you know, Paul George hasn't won one and um, neither has mm-hmm. Chris Paul. So that's going to be really cool to see, but we'll see with the Suns, man, they look like they have that slight advantage, but we'll see what the, the Clippers do. Yeah. The, the Clippers, honestly, I, it's, it's just such a enigma of a franchise from the Donald Sterling ages of mm-hmm. misogyny and racism mm-hmm. and every ism mm-hmm. you can put in the book to, Microsoft billionaire owner Steve Ballmer turning around with these two studs. Chip City, man, I gotta talk to your friend. We never won a chip. We never got close to the finals. This is the closest we've ever gotten. <laughs> but what about you, Jess? What I know we talked about this prior, but Suns Clips, who you got? See, I mean like Clippers, man. Like I I don't even know if you would consider them like a super team, but just having like Kawhi, PG, who else they got? Man. But man, it's like you know, low key, right? Like you, people have never heard of him. Hey, Terrence Mann, shout out Terrence Mann. Like in what? Going crazy. Exactly, exactly. But you know, I'll say I'm gonna give the conference finals win to the Suns. I think the Suns in game okay. six, game six, they're gonna close it out game six. But I honestly think like they're a very balanced team. You know, just going off what Donnie said, like you know, with Booker, Aiton, and then Chris Paul, who's unfortunately out. Like, I just think if they can keep this momentum going, they still have a lot of energy left in the tank. Like, they don't need, like, you know, three superstars to carry the team, right? Like, everyone has their own I mean, role, hey, but they play You can make an team. argument they yeah. have three superstars. Yeah, Stephen I a. mean. Smith talking about, about the new <laughs> Mamba, Mamba Light, Devin Booker. That's true. Dropping 40 That's in true. Game one. Yeah, we even say the Suns have already won game one, so they're up 1-0 right now in Phoenix, so. Yeah, but Things I think they're going to close it out in game six. Yeah. Okay, that's so my, Suns and six. Okay, I like it. Suns and six. I would yeah. also I would have to agree with that as well. Uh, seems like the um, the general consensus. I, I could only hope because, yeah, Chris, Chris Paul, point God. What a guy. He's like the one dude. Him and Melo, bro, that deserve rings. And if, if one of them can get it. Mm-hmm. I'm, it'd be great for a generation, man. Um, so I'm I'm going Suns in six as well. It's going to be a great series. Actually, no, Suns in seven. We're going to get game seven. It's going to come down oh, to game okay. seven in Phoenix. 
I'm all about it. Make it exciting. Um, be, Make it exciting. Let's go. Very exciting. Very exciting game. Um, but it brings us to probably mm. one of the most intriguing Eastern Conference matchups since the Bucks played their last Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors. Um, but now they don't have to play Kawhi, albeit it's Trey Young. Um, but we'll flip it up this time. Jess, who you got coming out of the East? You know, this is pretty hard because in terms of Bucks Hawks, like they're both like very balanced teams and they both have like one or two, I'd say like quote unquote superstars, right? With like Bucks having Giannis and then also Chris Middleton, Hawks having Ice Trey, and then oh, what is that dude's name? Starts with an H. I can never like pronounce his name. Hoiter? Hoiter? I don't know. But anyway, he he was like a first round draft pick. So I'll just say that. But Herder, bro. Herder, Herder. Oh my God. Shout out my Germans. Kevin Herder. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, with Trey and Herder, I mean, I think like they kind of, you know, have it in the bag as well, as well as Clint Capella, right? He's still on there, right? He's not injured or anything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think so. But anyway. No, no, they got the full squad. Oh, this one is hard, man. This one is hard because I think Giannis has definitely been in the league longer. I think it's his time. So I'll say Bucks in seven on this one. But I do think this will be a historic Ooh. series for Ice Trey, just considering, you know, yeah. his path over this past year. You know, he's going to definitely set some records and break some records as well. But I think, yeah, Giannis and the Bucks are going to take it in seven. All right. We got Giannis and the Bucks in seven. Yeah. What say you, Donovan? I love that. I love that pick. You know, as a fan, you know, just as a fan of sports and, you know, basketball, high key, want to see that go go to go to game seven. And, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, the thing is, and I heard, you know, the the inside the NBA uh, talk about this, you know, with Kenny, EJ, Shaq, oh, yeah. and Chuck, the goats. right? You know, when you have, oh, absolutely amazing crew. When you have the your best player, right? When you have your best player can't shoot free throws in terms of like Giannis. Oh man, did you see what they're doing in in uh, Brooklyn when they're counting down or counting down? That's not what they were doing with Ben Simmons though. <laughs> Good Giannis gracious, not Ben Simmons. Giannis, yeah, it's true, yeah. Uh, but high key, you know, I want to see that game seven, like like you said, Jess, you know, um, Ice Trey. Hopefully he does break some records, but they got John Collins. They got uh, Bogdanovich, right? Three-point specialist over there. But, you know, the Bucks just, you know, um, they just have the overall veteran status. And hopefully they can cool off, um, not too much, but the the young and flaming hot right now, Atlanta Hawks, because they're young yeah. and they're hungry. But, you know, we'll see if their lack of veteran preference presence besides like Lou Will and Capella can like carry them over the top so Bucks and seven baby we'll see I feel it at Bucks and seven I'm going probably Bucks and Bucks and six I, I just feel like Trey it, it's it's coming up I, these young these young dudes we haven't seen a young guy win the win the chip since um I mean there have been plenty of dudes but like of the superstars talking about Kobe Bryant Kobe Bean Bryant I mean, it's really the last time you saw someone super young break into this league and win the chip and break through. So I'm with y'all. I think Bucks and six on my end. So we'll go around the horn. Give us your NBA playoff or your NBA finals prediction, including who you think's going to win the chip and how many games. Jess, you're on the clock. Oh, okay. Suns versus Bucks for NBA finals. Suns and seven. Final answer. Ooh, okay. Donovan? 
Um, I think it might go a little faster than that. Suns, Bucks, you know, especially if Chris Paul comes back, I think that might go Suns in five. That might be, it might be a little quick. Suns in five, okay. Yeah, yeah. I am probably going to go right in the middle. I'd love to see a game seven, but we're going to go Suns, Bucks in the NBA finals, uh, Suns in six. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy regardless. I, Giannis deserves to be in the NBA final. That dude is a back to back MVP, already a legend, and he just continues to get better. Hopefully, he doesn't take more than eight seconds to shoot the ball at the free throw line um, in the finals or the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. I Trey Young's been making a lot of people eat their words over these last few uh, few weeks. So keep us on uh keep us on a pivot listener this is uh, listeners this is uh, us giving our official nba uh, finals predictions um got to end with the bring back our sonics baby sonics in 7 every year um yes. no sonics in 4 uh <laughs> sonics in 4 <laughs> we're going to go on a little bit of a fun little uh, see how sports updates swing though since that took a little chunk of time the mariners your third place seattle mariners bumped up a little bit swept the reigning American League champions, Tampa Bay Rays, um, as we did previously before they won the AL championship. Obviously, that didn't get us anywhere. But in 2021 with fans, great weekend. I got to go to a game, um, fourth game, four-game sweep, walk-off grand slam, 10th inning, Shedlong Jr., remember the name. And I'm going to ask my my favorite um, and every uh, Major League uh, Baseball left fielder favorite favorite dude to tackle uh naked uh dude to run on the field at t-mobile park donovan um my fellow mariners fan uh never forget uh edgar watching edgar getting uh put into the hall of fame but um yeah we'll get into your uh escapades uh, as security at t-mobile park a little later but yeah how'd you take this um this four game sweep over the weekend you think we can carry it off and and finish strong going into the all-star break Oh man, we will see. Hopefully the Mariners, you know, can take it, can take it as far as they can. Obviously their pitching staff has been beat up a lot, right? Marco Gonzalez is coming back and everything, but they've lost some crucial arms to, you know, not only the IL, but, um, you know, for the season. So um, hopefully, you know, their bats have always been hot and have always been, you know, ready to rumble at any time, which is dope. You know, y'all saw those comeback games at the beginning of the year. So we know that that energy is there when they can, Mm -hmm. but it's always going to be about that pitching. And so it's crazy because T-Mobile Park is supposed to be a pitching, um, what a pitching field, uh, never what's is. It called? pitcher friendly <laughs> field, but you know, never yeah. <laughs> you know how it is, the life of a Mariners fan. But yeah, really excited to see how we uh, go off uh, <laughs> leading into the um, All Star break here. But also, uh, you know, Seattle's just reaping in some some sports joy right now. Uh, your Seattle Storm, first place Seattle Storm, are twelve and two now. Um, mm-hmm. with uh, Sue Bird, uh, Jewel mm-hmm. Lloyd, the Gold Mamba, and Brianna Stewart uh, heading off to represent the U.S. in Tokyo. I believe this is Sue Bird's fifth Olympics. Talk about Iron Man, GOAT of the WNBA, Sue Bird, four-time champ. Um, Storm, going to keep it keep it going. They, when we lost to two of the other best teams in the league, could be undefeated at this point. Um, so Storm looking for uh, pure dominance in the WNBA moving forward. Um, and to round off our Seattle sports update, this your Seattle Sounders um, still undefeated in open play in MLS after a 2-1 win versus the Los Angeles Galaxy. Um, we just really love beating those LA teams, don't we, right now? Um, but we still have not given up a goal from open play. <laughs> Get that stat, boys. 
no no game in no game this year the Seattle Sounders have only given up goals by penalty kick or corner kick or free kick. Nothing from open play. They can't beat the defense. They can't beat New Who. They cannot beat New Who. Um, but hopefully the Sounders, who did wear the Jimi Hendrix kits again this weekend, who I'm going to totally give full credit to for our success so far in the season, um, versus in that win versus LA Galaxy. Um, I just remember the days when we used to lose to LA Galaxy pretty religiously when I was in middle school. So this is great to have this uh, the, the the tables turning uh, ten years down the line. Um, but in uh, bigger news, uh, bigger than sports kind of news, uh, Las Vegas Raider, the Raiders uh, in Las Vegas, defensive end Carl Nassib, uh, first active NFL player to come out as gay this weekend um, in a video posted to a social media, um, pledging to donate over $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which is a, a organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lgbtq plus youth under 25 um but huge i mean we've had players in i think most if not all the major sports leagues come out and and identify as in their sexuality within their community um within their sexual orientation um after they retire and when they're not active players anymore obviously due to years upon decades of awful discrimination based off of sexual orientation so the fact that you're 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 able to see someone like like Carl Nassib come out and and as an active very important part to the Raiders, 28 years old, still has he's in his prime right now in the NFL. Um, I mean, this can only conceivably hopefully lead to more folks coming out because it is impossible to think of a world where only one person in all five major leagues in the in in the U.S. in the male sports have only come out. You know, it's not just one gay man. It's not just one person. There's not 99.9% straight cisgendered men in the country. So it's it's a difficult step to take. Shout out, Carl. I don't know. If, feel weird saying shout out, Carl. I don't know you like that, Mr. Nasib. And to round off sports this week slash this month, honestly, um, got a shout out. U.S. legend um, Allison Felix qualifying for also her fifth Olympics, uh, finishing in second place, um, in the four in her bread and butter, the 400 meter, uh, at the Olympic trials in, uh, Eugene, Oregon, that just went down. Um, and with a gold medal, silver medal, bronze, if she's able to get more than one or two medals in, in, in the Olympics coming up here, um, she could become the most decorated woman in track and field Olympic history. So really closing in on, on who has been a generational, Track and, track and field talent um, for the United States um, obviously just has been competing since she was 15 or 16 in the Olympics, which is so wild to think 20 years down the line, you can keep this up in this this level of excellence from Allison Felix. So ending on a really powerful note, wishing Allison, Allison Felix and Alexson Felix, no, <laughs> Allison Felix, tripping on my words, and the entire U.S. team in uh, Tokyo coming up. Um, hopefully COVID free. I really don't think it's going to be COVID free, but wishing you the best of luck athletes, including Allison Felix led by Allison Felix and Sue Berg um, coming up here in the Olympics. But with that, Jess and Donovan, uh, we're going to hop into this um, really fun interview. Uh, obviously Donnie's been with us since the beginning here in this, in this podcast iteration, but we're going to dive a little bit more into what makes Donovan Velez Bucal tick. 
no, I'm kidding. No, we're going to learn a lot more about the boy Donnie um, after this short message. This episode of Pinoy's vs. the World is unofficially brought to you by Hydroflask. Is it 90 plus degrees where you're living? Get yourself a Hydroflask. Now on with the show. And we're back from that short musical interlude. Um, and as we've been joined with the entire time, uh, we're excited to finally delve into uh, Washington State University, Pullman, Washington, Olympia, you know, A to Z icon, Donovan Velez Foucault. Um, we are here to talk to you about your life, Donnie. Welcome to the podcast the second time. There, there we go. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much, Harald and Jess, for having me. Um, I watched a couple episodes and I'm excited to talk to y'all about whatever we want to talk about. So amazing. Yeah, bro. We're here to talk about you. I, I know I know we talk about all the time how how Donnie doesn't like the the spotlight on on him, but as he said earlier in the podcast, hailing from sports management and the great Carson College of Business. Mm-hmm. Um one time uh ASWSU senator, candidate yes, for vice president of ASWSU, president in every other position on and the <laughs> Filipino American Student Association at WSU. Go up. Um and just a general just a general great dude in the API community and just general community in uh, in Pullman where we met um, my junior year, I believe, right? It would have been around that time um, through the election process. Uh, but obviously also it's fun. I think we, we met through our love of baseball before all else, Donnie, given that I just lined out your um, amazing accomplishments right there. Yes, sir. Our common cool. love for the Seattle Mariners and all the pain they've inflicted upon us over the years. Oh, <laughs> "Quote unquote diehard Mariners fan, always, <laughs> always, <laughs> always." Hey, you're wearing the cap right now. You're wearing the brim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to start off with uh, kind of inquiring about what it was like to, um, for those who do not know, uh, what it was like for you to uh, grow up in Pullman. Um, but you were uh, born in Pullman. If mm-hmm. were you born on the campus or were you uh, born off campus? Yes, sir. I was um, where the Cougar Health Services building yes. is now is where the hospital was. And so that's where I was birthed. Um, and then actually, if you all know the ruckus, as it was known, as is known mm-hmm. for the past couple of years. Um, but now, but back then, for the past 20 years, it was known as Campus Commons. And that was actually my first home. So, yes, I was born in uh, Pullman, Washington, but raised over in Lacey, Washington, Olympia mm-hmm. area on the west side, baby. Amazing. Yeah. So your, your parents actually mm-hmm. la- laid the groundwork for you to, uh, to, to, I guess, eventually come back to Pullman as a young adult and, yes, and graduate here as you're about to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, after you finish up this, uh, the, these, this little bit of course load from the business school, but 
what was it like to have parents who were very involved in in FASA and you also by proxy, I guess, getting um, or if you have any stories from like people a part of FASA at WCU in his very early years when you were born. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking about uh, Uncle Jojo, um, mm, yes, sir. Uh, Jojo Gaon, uh, um, who I was represent or uh, <laughs> sorry represented to, um, introduced to by our also fellow uncle uh, Steve Bishop, um, who all intersected at their time at WCU. But you in particular had all of FASA raising you for that short time that your parents were finishing up school, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always the FASA family, literally, um, to help raise me while my parents were obviously finishing up their degree. So what what was that like from what you heard? I mean, I don't know if you've you've talked with your folks about it very much, mm-hmm. but what 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 have you heard like of that being like having a having a kid as as such as yourself? Um, and then the feeling, I guess, of coming back 18 years later and starting your your time in Pullman and making making it your own. I mean, ironically enough, then becoming president and becoming very involved in in FASA from the get go. But um, yeah, what was that? What what, were the, what was that like for your parents and by proxy you when you returned to campus? Of course. So, uh, great question. Thank you for the question. As you know, as, as y'all probably know, you know, Jess and Harold, y'all graduated the undergraduate degree. Um, you know, can you imagine having a kid during that time? Absolutely insane. So, um, you know, what I heard was, you know, they did, they did what they needed to do. Uh, my mom took an extra year to obviously help raise me and my dad, you know, was already on a five year track being in the, um, the architecture program. But, you know, uh, my dad would always tell me about his countless nights in the studio um, over in, um, what is it? The, oh God, what's the, what's the building called? The College of Engineering building. Voiland, yeah, Voiland, 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 yeah, countless, countless Mm -hmm. nights in there. And then while my mom's raising me, and then obviously, while they're both in class, just having those uh, uncles and um, aunties, titos and titas um, help uh, babysit me, you know, while they while they, you know, did their thing. And so, um, you know, hearing hearing those stories, it's absolutely amazing. And it literally puts in the effect of the FASA fam, you know, right away, not just support system, you know, mentally, but obviously physically as well uh, with a child uh, at that time. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that is just, it is such a unique story and such an amazing story. Like, albeit it's so indicative of like the culture of like the familial balance of mm-hmm. just like growing up with the, not even just like specifically a Filipino family, but you know, black or brown communities, bro, stand up mm-hmm. for each other. So it's not really, it's just so special, especially at the time when your parents went there, having having had such a I don't I don't know how to even really say it. But at the time, regardless of size, um, I mean, FASA and APASC and the multicultural communities in general in Pullman have, have almost tripled since your parents were students oh, yes. there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that economy, right, of like of, of the community stepping up to raise a uh, little Donovan. Um, <laughs> when there wasn't very much community there to cultivate as easily as maybe we had it while we were there um but i mean your return to campus man what was that what was that like like you grew up your parents were like big coog fans like for football or sports or just like the school in general or was it kind of like a oh i knew i was gonna at least apply there and see if i make it in and 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 go from there kind of thing after you graduated high school oh yeah of course so um you know growing up uh you know raised 
by two parents that you know gratefully went to college and graduated college you know they knew they knew the track they went to so obviously you know always always they are always the mvp the real mvp you know i wouldn't be there without them um but they knew you know the and you know how to be the support system and everything which is great um you know growing up and you know uh having that influence you know i always took my studies uh studies very seriously. So um, I could, you know, I was applying to different colleges and whatnot. But, um, you know, growing up and playing baseball, I was asked if I could play, you know, little JUCO or community college, but oh, I decided yeah. to go. Um, um, I decided to, you know, just pursue education at Washington State University, uh, just because, you know, go back home, baby, in the words of Andy Grammer, you know, it don't <laughs> matter where we go, we always find our way back home, absolutely just fitting with that. So, you know, I wanted to decide by, um, you know, continue on pursuing my education here in WSU. And, you know, as hopefully we'll talk about later, Haral, you know, you helped me take that leap of faith into student government. Of course. I heard that you, Jess, and Haral did so much in high school and obviously helped influence y'all's time in college. So I, I, I'm going to be honest, you know, playing sports growing up, I never was a part of student government. And so I, like I just said, take that leap of faith, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales. Yes. <laughs> and, oh my God. and it was absolute blast and no regrets. And I learned so much um from aswsu from fossa and as well as you know the oh, gratefully countless other communities the university recreation community as part of the multicultural student services um just a time and a half in college so no regrets never no regrets that, that's the number one thing you learn in Palma if you're able to make it through your your time there is no regrets mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amazing you had that instilled in your blood since day one <laughs> yes um, sir go kooks baby yeah Go Cougs. Uh, but you you brought it up. Speaking of Go Cougs, uh, you brought it up there. I was going to ask you, it's just reading my mind, Donnie, but um, kind of like us initially meeting before we'd even talked about what it would have looked like for you to go into student government and, and, mm -hmm. and kind of the what, what we discussed about before you made that leap of faith, like you said. Um, how do you think you, um, I guess, moving moving past kind of like a, a sports uh, upbringing that you were talking about, not mm -hmm. really being involved in in like the general community as much as maybe just like our own um, making your own impacts in different ways um, with FASA and the mm -hmm. API student center um, and even your homies who I'm sure you, you have from the res halls from your time yes. as a referee mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. UREC um, and also from uh, your, from the college uh, of a business as well. Mm -hmm. But that, that moment of deciding to run to be the uh, representative Senator along with uh Ricardo Aquino, Shout no, out Ricky. Senator Aquino, baby, uh, Senator Aquino, but also Senator Velez Fucal, um, <laughs> yes, standing up for the community himself. What, mm -hmm. what was your experience like on student government? Because you're kind of a, amongst the student government nerds right here. But <laughs> what was what was your experience like on the ASWCU Senate, um, especially given the fact that, like you said, um, it wasn't really something that you did a lot in high school or even mm -hmm. before that time in college? Yes, of course. Um, it was a brand new experience, and um, I appreciate all the help, Harald, that you have. You know, you helped me push, push me through it because you know, obviously, I had so much on my plate already, and I didn't think I could manage it. But hey, only one send—that's a full send, baby. The good full old send. College You're full busy send. Um, and you know, uh, just head first dive into it and embraced it. You know, kept that open mind. Uh, but 
especially coming from person that that was the first time ever in student government, which, uh, by the way, you know, looking at, you know, when we confirm all these uh, executive staff and the judicial branch and the legislative branch and the rest of the senators that come in, you know, they everybody, uh, which is how it's ran at WSU, which I hope it's ran like that at ASU Dub or at uh, Seattle U as well, or something similar. Hey, um, we have a pretty, uh, we have a pretty unique, um, a pretty unique setup of the three yeah. of the three separate bodies of of student government, and maybe we can ask Jess here in a second and get a little insight of what it was like yeah. at SU. But yeah, I mean, we even got the judicial branch, crazy. Mm-hmm. We got all three branches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know coming from those branches you know everybody always has that student government experience so i you know being brand new to that it was very different but it was a really cool perspective i noticed um it took me a little bit longer to get used to the uh what is it called the parliamentary system I, <laughs> yeah, parliamentary. right uh, but uh the collaboration that happens from it and just to be surrounded by people that you know put their foot down and take initiative and want to start something is absolutely amazing and you know uh, I would love to say all of us, but, you know, you know, some of us have, you know, maybe their own uh, things that their own personal reasons behind it. But a, a lot of us, uh, which is understandable, but a lot of us did have the people at the heart, which is the fellow students. And that was awesome to see, awesome to be around and great to be influenced by, because at the end of the day, you know, that's what matters is um, our uh how we treat other people and you know of the people by the people for the people so not just you know Mm -hmm. at UW or not just at WSU but you know just in life in general so that was just such a great experience to uh, go through and you know honestly how big of an impact the legal uh, system really plays you know when especially when we talk about those systemic issues so no totally it was like for as much as it is like it wasn't really like a, a micro kind of analysis of like politics in the United States. I mean, like WCU kind of gave you that and student government kind of gave you a snapshot into like how there are really two, three, four, five sided diet, every single issue and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. getting to get involved with things that actually matter, you know, to a certain extent, not going to act like we were the uh, authoritative body in the yeah. last stand kind of body. Yeah. Actually at WCU, it goes student government, then student regent, mm-hmm. then school president, you know, no, but mm-hmm. all jokes aside, um it, it it's really eye-opening bro i mean even I, I guess the last thing i'll bring up about student government then um because i know we'll just keep talking about this as the student government nerds we are but um <laughs> you actually ran for um vice president of the student body um yes, amidst a a raging pandemic in um in china that then we then learned was around the world at the time when everyone yes. thought it was just contained, which it mm-hmm. obviously wasn't. Um, and then we had all gone to lockdown pretty much the week that your election happened in the United yeah. States, at least, because mm-hmm. once you started seeing it happen in Italy and France um, in across Central Europe mm-hmm. and how, how strict lockdowns were uh, across the entire world at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that like, man? Because I, I mean, already dealing with the uphill battle of running for a student body president or vice presidential position mm-hmm. like it is at WSU as all three of us have <laughs> have experience in except you had to do it with a looming pandemic shutdown um coming from the rest of the world and you know we've even talked we already said like it, it was already kind of here so it's just the yeah. lockdown happened when um the elections were happening in early March so mm-hmm. I mean what was that like man and especially like how how you know you saw your time at WCU moving forward, obviously um, becoming FOSA president um, for the next year as well. 
Yes, of course. You know, um, high key, the pandemic, right? COVID, uh, you know, whether that be because it was so so turned away, turned down by the the former presidents the, uh, that was there, but um, didn't really think much about the pandemic at the time. Um, gratefully, we were able to host or hold the elections before everything happened. So honestly, as soon as okay. we got the, right, it was like right before spring break, um, right, right, when the, um, the elections were counted. And the whole thing, actually, when he spoke about, you know, Europe and everything, um, just honestly, it was just so busy because we had, personally right personally we had filipino culture night coming up um mm-hmm. you know obviously i was working at university recreation we we're in the middle of our session one of the spring sports so i was supervising um still had to do you know foster responsibilities on top of fcn um and then obviously you know just academics in general um but you know so the pandemic really didn't um Honestly, I, I really didn't see it coming because everything, you know, every day was just a blur of just constant moving and going. Um, mm-hmm. And then, sorry, and I met, uh, meant to go back to that France or the Europe is actually during that time, too. I was actually planning on studying abroad in France for the spring break. Oh, that no. Thing got canceled. Yeah, because of COVID. So um, it's it very interesting, very, very crazy January, February, March, um, because my also my running mate was brand new friend that I made literally in January. And like I said, we just full sended it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just so much things so happened so fast. Um, and the next thing you know, we are home for the next year. So <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, literally. Damn, man. And just like hearing all the like, you know, obstacles and challenges that you had to go through like over this past mm-hmm. year. Um, I know for sure, like especially, you know, this whole thing with the pandemic, it's made it really hard for, you know, recent college grads to, you know, find jobs and internships. Mm-hmm. But just wondering about mm-hmm. you, man, like what are you doing right now? Like, are you in an internship right now? And what's what has your experience been like, you know, either working from home or just trying to adapt to this new normal? Yes, of course. Thank you, Jess, for the question. Um, so the last class that I have to take is actually within my sport management degree. I finished up my business degree in the spring. And so my last class is actually an internship um, uh, for those that know the College of Education. Um, and so sport management is within there. And so what I'm actually doing is um, creating my, I created my own internship, uh, utilizing my resources uh, that I've gained here, both at University Recreation, working there for four years, and uh, Multicultural Student Services, which is now known as the Community Equity and Social Justice Pillar, um, mm-hmm. and their Student Mentor Program. And so I just, uh, they, there's a really cool program at WSU where um, we they broadened out MSS into CESJ because now it uh, incorporates more communities from or more underrepresented communities, GSORC, um, you know, Women's Access Center. Um, and so, though, you know, more than just the cultural aspect. And so now that uh, there are first years that get assigned to those um, centers and there are mentees and they get mentors which are upper upper classmen upper class people undergraduates and so i just want to create a program that uh helps the mentors use the urex resources like i said a little bit uh like um to you know bring the mentees the mentees that they're that they get assigned into you know WSU and introduce them to the campus and whatnot through the power mm-hmm. of sports. So that is what I'm doing for my internship over the summer. So, so I can graduate. Yeah. 
That's, That's what's up, man. Wow. I, bro, literally, like, what I did after I graduated, because I, I was kind of in a similar so setup to you, mm-hmm. um, not in terms of the internship, but I had walked, obviously, that that spring in 2019, mm-hmm. and I stayed over the summer to complete um, a couple classes that I needed to get that that last little pushover for the honors college. It wasn't even my, <laughs> my main stuff in Murrow. It was just the honors college, you know, coming <laughs> at you quick with those uh, those prerequisites, bro, but... Uh, that's amazing you made that up i mean hopefully that's i mean you didn't make it up or you created something thank you um thank you. hopefully yeah, i mean hey, no excellence to see some brown excellence right here uh, in pullman washington <laughs> yes sir for the for the people for the people for the, the people yes are, are you is this something that you want to hopefully pursue and or not not pursue into the future mm-hmm. as a career but um because i mean i think it's pretty self-evident no matter what you're going to be doing you're going to be helping people donnie but um this internship in particular is this something you hope that maybe other people can get involved with in the future going forward even after your time in Pullman thank you yes that's you know that's what I that's what I found out from student governments that I love to help people so I would love to have a career in that um and so uh, to your question Harald um that is actually something that I'm working on the internship requires 400 hours and so I have a lot Ooh. of time to you know i i need you know the not not only setting up the events you know the surveys and mock events and everything but i do obviously want to run this without me being here um you know it's never for me it's for the community always mm-hmm. and so i just i'm working on that process of you know having uh practicum students which is actually something that uh sport management program allows you need some 45 and 90 hours uh so if people you know um that find that they want to do this, you know, in their career as well, or honestly, just an experience, you know, um, two also that they could go into. And so I'm working on setting it up where, you know, whether that be emails or and like how to's right of, you know, the process that you go through so people can help run this smoothly when I'm not here. So yeah, that is exactly what I'm trying to do. Hell yeah, man. The, the transition yeah. binder. Mm-hmm. The transition exactly. Binder, the transition bro. binder. Yes. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> God, God bless the Bibles and transition binders. Um, amazing, Donnie. I mean, hey, your your time also as as a human on this earth has not been divined by by Pullman. So I, I gotta ask you about mm-hmm. one of our favorite jarring points is uh is another thing that you did when you would come home from your summers in Pullman. <laughs> uh, you want to tell the people about your job as a security guard on the field at T-Mobile Park. Am I correct? It was that the name of your position specifically on field security guard? Yes, sir. We were called field security. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. So well, you want, yeah, tell us about field field security, bro, because, <laughs> you know, we've all seen sports games where dudes run on the field. Yeah, I think that they're they're They can they can do it, but no one's ever able to do it. The runners, man, the runners. And that's what that's what we're there for. Yeah. You know, um, so like I said, growing up, um, Lacey, um, going to gratefully a lot of Mariner games with my Lolos and my dad, you know, and my friends when they took me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always looked at that job, you know, because you always see it, you know, key cell phones, any medals, you know, it's the, um, you know, 2001, like TSA in the airport, except a little less lax, you know, you got to go through that gate security. And it's always, you know, for the safety of us, the fans, uh, you know, the people mm-hmm. inside the buildings, you know, always for the safety. Just got to remember that because it is a little bit invasive to look in your bag. But um, growing up, you know, I always saw that. Um, and I've always wanted to work there over the summer, um, but I've always played baseball. So um, obviously going to school for sport management, 
um, you know, realized that's what I want to do. I was like, oh, what if I get a job there over the summer? And what was absolutely amazing about it is that the Mariners actually pay for your busing, uh, pay for your transportation. They give okay. you like, uh, the Orca card. And so I stayed, the, stayed uh, honestly, most of the summer at my Lolo's house who lives in Lakewood, you know, just a uh, 20 minute, 30 minute drive from Lacey up north. Um, and then took the uh, 512 park and ride, the 50, if anybody knows the 512 bus up to uh, um, Seattle to T-Mobile Shout out the 512. Yeah, five twelves. Uh, any uh, T-Mobile Park, Safeville Field back then. Um, work gate security at Home Plate Gate. Shout out uh, my family there. Absolutely amazing people. Um, working on concrete, just checking bags and making sure people don't bring in knives, right? And alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got the call up. Um, one day, uh, luckily there was a opening on the field. And very grateful, very blessed that I was able to work the field. So I genuinely got paid uh, to watch the games. And then in between innings, uh, you know, just make sure everybody, you know, nobody has their foot up on the um, the walls, right? Obviously, there's a net there now, but the wall, right, that that wall is not, you know, your foot stand. That's actually in the legal of uh, the, the the legal play. So oh, I make- can't put my foot up there, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. you can't put your foot up there. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's your crusty wall. feet, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah feed in the works. Uh, yeah, so you know, and then we're just watching for any of the runners, and so you know, when Toronto would come down with their crazy Canadian fans up north, mm-hmm. they would you know be crazy, and that's actually um my first full year on the field. That's actually where we had our streaker was the Toronto game, um, the when the Blue Jays came to town, and that was pure whew. chaos, pure Ooh. chaos. Did, did, did I ever think I'd ever run after a naked man? I did not. Um, high key, when he first ran out, um, I was working on the right, the third base, right, right in front of third base or that third base line. And he came out of uh, right field and he jumped out and his, he was a white man and his legs were so big. He <laughs> was so a white big. man. I thought this guy had khakis on. And then I, I no. doubled stretched, and you could see the butt crack. And I went, uh-oh, <laughs> not good. This is not this is up there. This is naked, and um, uh, we do not sit on the state. We don't. We do not sit on the seats because uh, the seats are for the guests, for the fans, and mm-hmm. so we have a towel there, which is there for spills, uh, right on the wall, just in case anybody spills, and as well as you know, we have to cover up the parts of the streaker, the private parts. So <laughs> turned around, grabbed the, grabbed the towel, and started running after him. And so luckily, I did not. I don't know if anybody wants to say luckily or whatnot but i did not talk to him but i was closer than i thought i would imagine being next to a naked man that night so yo man this is is a this is a sidebar question but do they prepare you or train you guys for like streakers or weird stuff like that or is all like spur of the moment yeah right you know high key i i would thought you know i think they you know you think that they do but they do not actually they just tell us um (laughs) where like the what they actually oh. tell us, which I don't, I hope I'm allowed to say this, is to corral them in the corner, right? We have a crew there, you know, work together in a team <laughs> and to help corral them into the exit. You know, the worst thing you could do is have that streaker run around for a while. So as long as you could corral them in a corner, someplace they can't leave, right, away from the field of play, um, you know, that's what. Uh, that's what we were trained to do. And so that's why they, you know, calling us young guys, young people to be on the field. But if anybody's hey. listening, please do not run on the field. That is a felony, especially if you <laughs> oh run my God. naked. That is uh, that that's yeah, a bro. felony for being public 
public indecency. Um, Publicly, public nudity yeah. is a and felony. Not running onto the field at T-Mobile Park. You're just going to yes. get banned. Yeah, that but is I trespassing mean, as well. Mm-hmm. We can in jail, so do not. Wow, you don't like it. <laughs> hey, you're missing out on telling the people about your, your all-star tackle, bro. That tackle. Oh. Oh, that hurt around the world. Heard around the world. It was half a tackle. It was half a tackle. <laughs> um, I oh gosh, what game was it? I want to say the Red Sox, but it was just a uh, Sunday day game. Honestly, I think it was actually Orioles. But um, I was working that left field corner, as you know, where all these mm-hmm. seen me over there. I actually mm-hmm. might have been working that third base side. Um, sorry, I think I said first base on that streaker. No, you're good, brother. Yeah, third but base. Anyways. Um, yeah, I'm working the third base and I see a person in a bucket hat and a Hisashi Iwakuma jersey and some cargo shorts run out on the field. And I'm like, oh, that's not normal. And so uh, <laughs> that's not Hisashi Iwakuma. Yeah. <laughs> rewatching the film, you know, this guy makes a couple jukes on um, some of the some of our teammates, um, but he, they lead right into me and um, my teammate tackles him from behind and I get him from uh, the legs and apparently in a good football position, very good tackling position, butt down, <laughs> chest up, um, <laughs> knees bent and everything. And so I was able to get my hips lined and got him wrapped up. And so that was my half a tackle. That's my slight flex of uh, working at T-Mobile Park. Your um your official stat line now reads 0.5 tackles. 0.5 tackles. Seattle Mariners uh, field crew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh man, what a what a trip. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing people to work with down on the field. Um, and you know, it's just like I said, it was very grateful just to even get a chance to work on there. We have like over 400 staff, day of game staff that work security, and there's only six people that get to work the field so just very blessed to work on uh work with my friends down there so and then honestly watching ball games ah you know free games man that had to be one of the best parts get paid get paid baby even even better than free you get paid um you know is it is it good baseball you know it's mariners baseball so you know you just (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm kidding i'm kidding you know go mariners always go nurse enjoy go Uh, forever Hey, man. Yes. And also talking about for the people in sports, I'm going to bring it back to Pullman mm-hmm. talking about for the people with your presidency. Would you mind just telling the people about, you know, some of the highlights and, you know, if you want to, some of the lowlights of, you know, serving the people, both sports and at Wazoo. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you mind if I ask in terms of like, um, what, Jess? <laughs> and like in terms of like through my running for vice presidency or for aswcu or university recreation or yeah like specifically for like fossa and like because i think we asked you about we got that chance to ask you about your parents time what it was like to grow up there but like Mm -hmm. your time specifically because that was everyone knew prez donnie everyone knew it's time (laughs) to go to fossa you know third floor of the fourth floor of the club or of the of the club fourth floor of the compton union building yes sir Um, over to the queue but mm-hmm. i mean that had that, one of your iconic roles um as president of fossa you tell the people about what that was like yeah you know um it was uh the cabinet i i will say first of all the cabinet that i worked with um shout out to liza and to yana and to asia and to jerome i i i want to go on but uh everybody's name is absolutely amazing uh justine and whatnot they um the cabinet was amazing it was i 
we hope so much, Liza and I, we were in Pullman last summer. We hope so much that she was the vice president of FASA, um, y'all's vice president of FASA. And we hope so much mm -hmm. for it to be in person, but obviously it was virtual. But um, regardless, the time spent um, to make it as fun as possible from the virtual standpoint was great. Um, we did the best that we could. We had uh, some, uh, we actually had a crazy hiccup where we actually got Zoom bombed. Um, oh, wow. Zoom bombed and it was absolutely horrendous and, uh, yeah, it was, you know, right in the middle of AJ and Maya's Buhai presentation too. Uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. But, you know, the, the fact that we pushed through that, the resilience, you know, the discipline to keep on going just shows how amazing the cabinet was. And the, the club in general, um, shout out to those that always made it, um, you know, to those virtual meetings. You know, we were always on Zoom anyways. And so the fact that they wanted to spend an extra hour um, on Zoom or 45 minutes we wanted to make it um, is uh, just great. And so, um, you know, while I do wish I had an in-person presidency, the fact that we were able to do the best that we could um, you know, is just a blessing in of itself and just amazing to be a part of. And just those skills learned, you know, will always, skills, the relationships, you know, that time will never be forgotten and will always be cherished. So, um, but, you know, that being activities chair and being um, alumni chair, you know, by previous roles was just mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Um, you know, just having so much fun in person. And that's what made FASA FASA at WSU, you know, going to all those trips and Scary Wood and Philo, right? Shout out Scary Wood, Philo. Oh, shout out Philo, baby. Oh, um, absolute blast. Absolutely amazing time. So those of y'all listening that are going to WSU, you know, come through, baby. Always a yes, great sir. time. Always a great time. Yeah, because Jess, did you ever get to participate in uh, regional uh, FASA FASU Olympics? Dude, every mm -hmm. time they had them, bro. Every time they had them, I'd always yeah. be busy. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. Like I never got to go, Donnie. I never said yeah. to go. Oh. Yeah. It's tough, man. It is. But it is. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's it comes with all the ups and the downs. I mean, that I hadn't even dawned on me that when you were when you were part of the the cab and, and helping lead it, like it was in the middle of the pandemic. So it truly oh, yeah. brought the most un un unknown um territory of like problems but obviously you know you turn problems into solutions so yes it did that's yes, amazing did. uh donovan we we've had a great time talking with you today and, and we're still going to finish off here with the interview here and then and then sign off at the end but before we sign up with this interview segment um we want to give this uh you the opportunity and in, in this open space um to shout out anyone you want i mean you started shouting out your fossa cat we mm -hmm. shouted out the the titos and the titas and your your mom and dad at the beginning but you can you can do a run run it back kind of thing or anyone in the world you want to shout out this time is yours of course of course um thank you so much for having me on first of all Harold and jess i know i said that before but shout out to y'all for um having me on your great podcast uh technology technological difficulties are not baby keep going keep pushing through um you know <laughs> Thank you to everybody who I've been a part of, uh, who has, you know, I've been a part of their lives and whatnot. And I can't wait to meet new people. Jess, I can't wait to meet in person, baby. It looks yeah, like I'll man. get first round. I will yeah. get first round when we, when we meet up. Oh, Mariner game, baby. <laughs> oh, Mariner dude, let's game. go. Yeah, first round. Let's, let's, go, let's go. Let's go, Rally baby. fries, baby. Yes, Rally fries. Yes, sir. Rally fries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to everybody. Um, shout out to all my friends. Shout out to the graduates. Um of 2020 and 2021. Yes, Those sir. that have not had a gosh darn 
in-person graduation. Are you kidding me? Tell them, man. Golly. Tell them. Come Tell on. Tell the people. Come on now. You know, hopefully <laughs> our schools, our universities that we paid so much money can bring us back and at least have us, you know, walk across a physical stage one day. Yes, sir. Um, but you know, shout out to everybody who's dealt through the pandemic and everything. Um, just continue to keep an open mind um, and, you know, read when you can. And um, at the end of the day, you know, live and laugh and love. That's it. That's it, baby. Trust the process. Trust the process. Yo, shout out Ben Simmons. Nah, nah, nah. Shout out Donovan. Shout out Joel. Shout out Joel. Shout out Donovan Velez Foucault. One of uh, now great friend of the pod, great friend for both of us. Yes, sir. Um, that was amazing. Uh, and I especially those shout outs, you know, shout out you trust the process always, mm-hmm. even if there's mm-hmm. a connotation with the Philadelphia 76, <laughs> but still trust the process. Um, but but with that, Donovan, we we've loved having you on for this episode, um, and for this interview segment, um, in particular, obviously. And so we're we're gonna we're gonna meet y'all on the back end of this short interlude and wrap up this episode of Pin Noise versus the World when we're back. back uh i guess to finish this newly uh refurbished version refurbished, refurbished is that even the right word no nah, man we're not gamestop version. consoles bro we're more than that we're more than that man i'll give you i'll give you a dollar 59 for those 27 games and a brand new <laughs> xbox one i'll give you a dollar 24 now because you may be wait uh no but well thank you for bearing with us listeners on this uh new uh version of the podcast hopefully going forward it'll be a little bit more listenable we'll give our interviewee Donnie down here, first time guest on the new podcast. I guess it's not even a new podcast, is it? It's just a new version. But yeah, thank you, Donovan, for coming on and 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 bearing with us as we try this new segment um, uh, breakdown. But uh, something that uh, has not changed and will not change is you want to say it, Jess? It's our cultural recommendations, of course. <laughs> yeah and with that said um what's on your dial for our cultural rec for episode five for all um i gotta start off with the local legend uh legend in the making travis thompson has re-emerged uh from his uh two-year hiatus after releasing um his last project hailing from burian washington um he just announced his uh, next project his first project on a record label um, called Boulevard Boys. Shout out Ambom Boulevard. Um, but he released a uh, first of his, uh, I think second actually, single from this project um, called Parked Cars featuring uh, Kyle, uh, formerly known as Super Duper Kyle. Um, I don't know if Donovan remembers, but he was a performer oh, yeah. at WCU once. 
um but also having kota the friend yes, also sir. shout out episode one where i think that was your culture recommendation jess so travis local boy making it big rapping singing behind great production all local all seattle based all burian based so shout out travis um looking forward to the album coming up here nice man yeah and travis thompson local what do you say legend i'll just say local legend because what the heck man local legend local legend plus kyle we'll get him on a pod we'll get him on the pod yeah man kyle and kota this alliteration right here bro mm-hmm. boulevard boys check out that album coming soon yep and uh for my cultural rec i'm gonna be throwing it back i don't have a book or a music rec but more of a personal finance rec for all of those broke millennials okay. and zillennials out there you know trying to build up our wealth and our health at the same time <laughs> um, yeah i'll be shouting out at hey Berna on instagram I listened to this podcast called Brown Ambition um, by Mandy and Tiffany. They're both like personal finance um, experts, influencers. I don't know why my voice cracked right there, but um, (laughs) they offer some great tips just in terms of, you know, how to build up your personal finance skills. And Berna is also Filipina American. One of her cool slogans that I really like is money equals hella male, hella pale and hella stale, which I think is 100% <laughs> spot on. But yeah, check out Berna. She's your financial hype woman, also known as a finfluencer. You know, that can stand for a Filipino you influencer. Finfluencer? A finfluencer. Fin-flu- yes. Yes, sir. Influencer? Yes. Um, Both a Filipina influencer, a finance influencer. You know, she does it all making sure that money is both accessible and informational and comedical. I don't know if that's a word, but you know, she's great. (laughs) Check her out at Hey Berna on Instagram with all these great resources. Check her out. Shout out to all our Panay influencers and Panay women out there. Yeah. Shout out, man. Cause all of these uh, cultural recommendations per uh, usual are going to be in the uh, comment section. I always say this, not comment section, <laughs> but the uh, little text box you see in whatever respective podcasting application you use. Um, we will have all of those in the episode description. There we go. Yes, sir. But uh, I, I don't know if you've got anything, Donovan, you want to, you want to end off with here. You want to get your own cultural recommendations or any more shout outs. Yes, of course. Actually, um, speaking on that Filipina vibes right there, um, she is not from Washington, but she is a U.S. Um, or she's uh, Egyptian Filipino. Malaka uh, mm-hmm. I was their American dream, um, a graphic memoir. Um, so I was their American dream is the title. Uh, Malaka uh, Garib uh, G-H-A-R-I-B. A uh, great book. It's a graphic memoir. If y'all is trying to get, you know, if you haven't read in a while and then getting back into it, it's like a comic. Like I said, a graphic memoir. So it's a very good book about her life growing up um, in Cali and then moving to D.C. Um, and it's really such a great, great book. So y'all want to check that out. Hell Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, hey, first guest cultural recommendation. Making Ooh. history here, Donnie. Making oh, history. yes, sir. Rep. <laughs> but, but with that, we're going to end with credits. Uh, this episode is edited by edited by myself, Harald Hilseth. Music by Jonas Hilseth and Jess Juanich. 
uh, website by Jared Garalde, fellow FASA WCU Filipino alumni, yes, and also fellow Filipino FASA WCU alumni uh, logo by Camille Naputo. Per usual, it's been great talking with you boys. Mm. Um, this has been a wonderful new version of Pinoy's versus the world. And with that, I will bid y'all adieu and we'll see y'all in two weeks. Bye. Peace. See you.